Welcome back in, Bleeding, Clara, and Cobalt. Your host, Trey Fitzgerald, super producer Ryan Hale behind the glass. Hey guys, uh, Ryan and I love bringing you this content uh, multiple times per week or per month, and we couldn't do it without Adam Sessions at OneWire. And we really want you to experience the level of customer service that Adam and all of his colleagues at OneWire provide their clients, their uh, business partners, their constituents. So um, if you're not a business owner, tell your boss to uh, uh, upgrade their voice and their business communications by going over to onewire.co and check out all the services uh, that OneWire has to offer. Adam's a big soccer fan. We've converted the whole office into uh, supporters of RSL. And um, we just ask that you, if you have any opportunity whatsoever uh, in your business, your family's business, um, or your, you know, in your circle of, of influence to uh, refer one wire because uh, there is no doubt in my mind that they'll be able to handle all of your uh, voice communications and uh, other business uh, tech needs. So go over again to the number one wire.co and you can see the uh, depth and breadth of options available. So that's it for our proud partner, one wire. All right, everybody, here we are a week or so away from the 2022-2022 RSL season opener at Houston. February 27th start, Ryan. I think it's the second earliest in RSL history. I think the 2019 season might have been a February 26th start date. Um, that was during my dark period away in the you know mountains of Austria, so I don't really remember that. But short turnaround from last season, obviously, um, everybody is I think feeling as we go into two twenty seven in Houston, March fifth, home home opener at Rio Tinto. You wish you had a few more weeks to to get all the things done, but in talking to Pablo Mastroeni, Demir Krylock. Justin Miram, all those kinds of guys, they, while they might have liked a little more time to kind of rest and recover, they all point to the positive factor of riding that momentum from Pablo's 100 days as interim head coach and the playoff run and, and seizing upon that momentum as we kick off this season. As we've heard from Pablo during all of his media availability the last couple weeks from Harriman and Portland and Tucson. This club hasn't, even in one training session, hasn't had everybody. You know, Aaron Herrera's been uh, nursing a little bit of a groin injury. Uh, Sergio Cordova hurt his knee on an unbelievable goal, as I think we talked about um, in an earlier pod um, right before he got COVID. And a lot of the team has gotten uh, COVID so far this year, either before the preseason started or during preseason. And it's just one of those things where you realize how uh, things are going going around. But I guess the silver lining 
is that, you know, they quarantine for seven, eight days. Um, they have to regain fitness, but for the next 90 days for most of uh, these guys, they're not contagious. Uh, they're not at risk. And uh, as the MLS season kicks off, you can kind of reestablish that bubble like we've seen uh, what MLS calls tier one protocols, um, you know, over the over the last couple seasons. So hopefully we can get back to that. Keep guys uh, safe. Um, there are uh, protocols in place so that we can do probably a little more fan and media interaction coming up uh, than we probably did last year and certainly most of 2020 as well. But uh, Pablo is is looking to get everybody on the field at the same time. There has been, um, I think, a relief that some of the academy kids or some of the younger guys that have been in and around training camp, um, not just as camp bodies, but, you know, there are five to, I think it's actually nine guys that have been signed to homegrown contracts the last two years. And these are Axel K, Haziel Orozco, Julio Benitez, um, Bodie Davis, Jeff Dustup, Gavin Beavers. Um, these guys, despite their youth, have not really dragged down the quality of the training sessions. Now, look, they're young guys. They're trying to learn. But Pablo's gone out of his way to point out that Bobby Wood, Justin Miram, Justin Glad, um, Aaron Herrera, these guys are going out of their way to really kind of coach up the youngsters and and bring them along. And actually, Justin Glad yesterday, uh, sorry, earlier uh, this week in between uh, the last two games in Portland did kind of talk about, you know, he used to go to, to Kyle Beckerman and Marcelo Silva and – uh, Nick Ramondo and kind of those vets when he was a young guy learning. And now, despite him only being 24 years old with those 166 games under his belt, he's the guy that, you know, he's walked in those guys' shoes. He's he's come up through that path. And, and I don't know how many people got to watch this stream of the RSL Minnesota game from Portland. But when you look at a 17-year-old center back like Haziel Orozco, who has incredible poise on the ball, is a very calm and quality defender, literally just standing up guys 7, 10 years older than him from Minnesota, 10 yards from goal, and just uh, I love to see it. And he's a guy that you know our good friend Brian Dunseth has been championing. Zach Farnsworth is another future uh, center back that that has had ankle injuries the last couple years, and so his preseason hasn't really gotten off the ground. But I'm super excited to see uh, not only the young guys in RSL this year, but also a lot of them are going to get 20, 24 games in the MLS Next Pro League for the Monarchs, and uh, that's going to be super exciting. And talking to a guy like Chris Winger who represents a lot of the young guys, not just here, but around the league. And by the way, congrats to Chris Winger for start starting the North American division uh, for soccer representation. He's now an agent for rock nation, which was the, uh, you know, Jay-Z's music company that has now branched out into sports. But um, it's just so phenomenal to see uh, Winger Beckerman. Those guys kind of talk about 
how uh, Tony Beltran talks about this a lot too, is just how outstanding these young kids are at 14, 15, 16, 17 compared to even the guys that came up 10 years ago and much less a generation ago, 20 years ago. So that all imbues a lot of hope. Um, I don't know how many of these guys we're going to see playing MLS action in March. Um, Aaron Herrera, as I think everybody remembers, did get a red card in that Western Conference final on December 4th, so he's not able to play at Houston on Sunday, next Sunday. But he should be back in that lineup on March 5th. RSL just adding another veteran MLS center back to the roster, Johan Kapelhoff from the Chicago Fire. Um, I think he played 160-something games. For Chicago, the last six years, he was an all-star in 2017. He's a Dutch um, native. He played for the the Dutch U21s, came up through Groningen, which happens to be Albert Rusnak's old club. So they were both teammates at Groningen before they both came to, to MLS in 16-17. So what you're seeing then is with the Kappelhoff move, I think, is a couple things, Ryan, a little versatility and a little bit of depth because Chicago has played a lot of three-back systems and four-back systems the last uh, several years. Kappelhoff, you know, usually started anywhere from 20 to 30 games a year with the fire. Um, he might be a tad undersized for a center back. He's not as tall as uh, Silva or Glad, um, or probably even Eric Holt. I think he's only 5'11", if, if memory serves. But uh, he's really calm on the ball. He's a great athlete. He's a good defender. So what you've what you've got there then is just more competition. Uh, you know he's probably your you know battling with Eric Holt, let's say, for that third center back place. You do know that uh, knock on wood, Justin Glad stays healthy. He's your number one center back. Marcelo Silva, uh, if you look at his career here with RSL, he generally plays. 20 to 25 out of a 34 game season so there'll be plenty of opportunities uh, depending um, and we've seen both formations from Pablo during these first two games in Portland you had a back four against the Norwegian team uh, Viking FC FK excuse me and then you saw back three uh, in the 0-0 against Minnesota so those are the big moves there's still I think a couple more roster additions to come uh, this window does not close. The incoming MLS window does not close until March 4th. Or, I'm sorry, May 4th. Um, you know, we've seen the Koyar rumors. I don't really know what's going on uh, there. And um, there's talk. There's some trialists. If you look at uh, uh, Jasper Leffelson, the draft pick out of uh, Pittsburgh, if you look at Pierre Reedy, uh, those guys have looked really good with the first team throughout all of preseason. So, you know, do those guys agree to first team contracts? Do they agree to Monarchs contracts? Um, I think there is a little uh, more ease now with MLS Next Pro and moving guys up and down between the two teams than there was under the USL Championship uh, model. So I think, um, you know, the Monarchs just kicked off their preseason this week. I think their schedule comes out February 24th, 26th, something like that. I think the season for MLS Next Pro will kick off late March. I want to say March 26th, so keep an eye out. I don't believe those announcements have been officially unveiled yet, but it's going to be an exciting year of football, soccer 
in Harriman and in Sandy. And um, I can't believe like the games matter. Points are on the line um, Sunday, the twenty seventh in Houston. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a look at some of these these. Like it's time to start looking at the the schedule and yep. what's coming up. Um, I know not at you know preseason we haven't really had a real good look at any of these teams, but I'm just pulling up the, the schedule right here. It's right in front of me, Trey. Awesome. Uh, so we're recording this on Friday the 18th, and that means that tomorrow ourselves in Portland against Portland. At, Correct. Uh, at uh, up there for the is this the final? Yeah, that's the final and third uh, Portland game. You can watch that on uh, all the KSL streaming apps, KSL Sports, KSL TV, and uh, KSLSports.com if you're watching on a laptop. What's the what's the mood of the team right there? I know you're you're here in Salt Lake, not up there with the team right now, but what have you been hearing out of Portland over the last? Yeah, I think it's been super uh, positive. The guys are optimistic. I've been talking to Pablo, to Demir. Uh, Justin, both Justins, actually, um, several guys. You know, I think they're excited. You know, I think preseason has kind of dragged on long enough. Uh, MLS preseason is significantly shorter than it was uh, five, six, eight, ten years ago. So uh, you've generally been looking at a, at a six-week preseason. Uh, like I said before, guys are excited to kind of ride that momentum. I think if you look at the what I would project as a starting lineup at Houston. Um, we mentioned that Herrera is out because of the red card suspension coming off the Western Conference final. Uh, Rubio Rubin is still working his way back from a groin injury. Don't know if he's going to see some time in that final preseason game against Portland, but um, there is a chance. I mean, we've got two weeks until the home opener that maybe he does get uh, – you know, gain some match fitness by then. Who knows? Uh, Bobby Wood has looked phenomenal all preseason, whether you talk to Pablo, Elliot, everybody else. Uh, they're very impressed, and you see uh, what's happened with Bobby, who just had a rough year last year in terms of uh, coming over from Germany, getting into shape. Uh, he did have the baby in Denmark with his wife, who is from there, relocating his whole family uh, to Salt Lake, you know, going so long without playing both for his German team and then in the move, having that base of fitness that preseason gives you is so, so important from both a health and fitness standpoint. So, you know, Bobby had kind of a roller coaster ride year. Thankfully, he came up big in the playoffs, obviously, at Kansas City. Um, his movements in all the preseason action I've seen have been phenomenal. And, in the scrimmage we had in Harriman um, about 10 days ago against Utah Valley, I think he had four goals and could have had probably four more. And uh, we had a bunch of media out there in Harriman. And when I asked him to come over and talk to the cameras, he kind of gave me the shrug, like, do I really have to? And I was like, dude, if you score 14 goals in a game, you have to do media. And he's like, well, I just, I really want to score them when they count, you know? And, and that's kind of his attitude. But then he, you know, he was really good. If you, if you saw his stuff either on channel two or, or KSL, um, he's engaging. He seems happy to be here. And, um, obviously with Rubin's injury, Bobby's going to be that starting number nine, I think, uh, for the first little bit of the season at least. And, then the competition will heat up. Sergio Cordova, the the loney from Augsburg, uh, did play some at the number nine position against Minnesota United this week against Portland. Um, he'd been playing on the left wing when I saw him down 
in Tucson and, and that at Augsburg and when they put him on loan to Armenia Benfield Bienafield, um, you know, he can play all three spots across the top of of an attacking four three three, four two three one, whatever you want to call it. So um he's a six two physical specimen. He glides when he runs. I think he's gonna become a fan favorite here pretty quickly as soon as he rounds into shape. I don't know if he'll be ninety minutes fit by uh the Houston game, but perhaps by the home opener against Seattle. Everybody's gonna be super excited to see Sergio uh, in the limited media availability that he has done uh with our local Spanish language folks. He's been incredibly engaging. I think he's very happy to be here. He wants to play. He wants to score. He wants to win. And um, he's looking at this as as a big opportunity. And obviously, at Augsburg, his uh, Augsburg, his opportunity was diminished a little bit by the Ricardo Pepe signing and, and transfer. So um, Augsburg fighting for uh, you know to stay up in the Bundesliga. We'll follow that certainly through I think the end of May. But we're happy to have Cordova here. And uh, who knows, I think, like I've referenced earlier, I think Elliot and Rob Zarcos, Tony Beltran, Kurt Schmidt, the, they're they're shaking the trees and, and looking to see what else they can do uh, to bolster the roster, not only in this window, but I'm sure they're saving some money and, and looking at uh, those summer window as well. You've got DP spots, you've got U22 initiatives, you've got intra-league trades, um, it's going to be an, it's an interesting year on the international transfer market because of uh, the World Cup. There's a lot of World Cup qualifying going on right now. Uh, that's always a reason that some individuals or their agents don't want to change teams because you risk jeopardizing your spot with your national team if you have to travel further or if you have to you know win a club job. So these are just some of the factors that go into all that. I don't pretend to know them all, but been around long enough to to have seen some you know people just get weird about different things so there might be more of an opportunity and i don't mean just international players there may be some americans coming home we've seen former rsl academy kids uh, sebastian soto never really found a home richie ledesma has another injury that i just uh, saw on twitter this morning and i know rsl fans always want to bring those guys here certainly we have their mls rights but I guess part of the question I ask is, if we did bring them home right now, who are they going to displace? You know, yeah. um, and that's a hard question. Are those guys going to be satisfied playing Monarchs minutes? Don't know. Um, every situation is different. I haven't had those conversations, but I do know Elliot and Kurt and Tony uh, regularly do uh, with those kids and those agents, and everybody's kind of monitoring those situations. That's their job. They're looking two, three, four transfer windows ahead to try to figure out what this roster is going to look like Zach McMath the other night against Minnesota. He looked awesome. Uh, David Ochoa is obviously the presumptive starter, but uh, Zach has been obviously an incredible asset to this club off the field. He was the humanitarian of the year last year. He's been a big mentor uh, for David and for him to, you know, take advantage of, of a rare opportunity, I think to get 90 minutes, uh, the other night, and he did wear the captain's armband, the second 45, after Justin Glad, who had started the game as the captain, uh, came off at halftime. Again, seeing Eric Holt, who I I know he takes a lot of grief from fans on Twitter, but for the, what, 15 months or whatever it's been now that I've been back in Salt Lake, 
I really do feel that Eric Holt gets better every game, every day, every training session. Um, and he's going to he's gonna be a valuable piece. Um, whether we're playing three in the back or four in the back, he and, and Kapelhoff and Silva and Glad are a big deal. Uh, Andrew Brody hasn't seen a lot of time in Portland because he did take, a, I think, a little bit of a, I want to say it was a left ankle knock. Uh, Pablo Ruiz's time has been limited because he t- suffered a little bit of a, a hip strain when we were in Tucson, but he did play, I think, the second 45 minutes in uh, the first game against the Norwegian club up there in Portland. So it is going to be interesting to see who starts uh, Saturday night against the Timbers. I would presume that's a- effectively you know, your first choice 11 um, if everybody's healthy. And, uh, and it's going to be a good preview of what we most likely will see in Houston. That's the funny thing about this league is if you if you pay enough of attention and you watch teams, almost any coach uh, uh, or front office member can probably figure out nine or ten of your 11 starters uh, the week leading up to the game. But the setup is always going to be different. The philosophies are going to be different. And I think it's important for our fans to understand that whether we are in a 3-5-2, uh, a 4-2-3-1, a 4-1-4-1, a 4-4-2, the philosophies are to high press, to get the ball back in advanced positions if you lose it, to get it back quickly, and to really kind of stay connected. And you hear coaches talk a lot about triangles and all that stuff. And just you know, listening to Pablo talk to the media you know, this last week, I don't know, four or five months since he was interim and now permanent head coach and throughout the preseason. He he doesn't want to get caught up in tactics the way we all do in the media and the fans, but he does want to talk about philosophies. And, and for him, uh, David James actually asked several players this week, you know, what is Pablo preaching? And it all starts with mentality. And so for Pablo, it's fight for 90 minutes, fight for the guy next to you, uh, whichever side of the ball you're on, attacking or defending, um, keep it or get it back and create opportunities. And don't be afraid. Like the biggest thing is, you know, um, just to go, go, go. And and it's funny, man. He was talking about you can run for 90 minutes and you generally only have the ball. And I don't know what the studies show, but he was like, most players only have the ball 90 seconds a game. So think about that. You're you play for 90 minutes, you run for 45 and change and then take a little break and you run for 45 more and change. Most players cover anywhere from 6 to 8 miles a game and they literally have the ball on their foot for maybe 90 seconds. Like I had never kind of heard that ratio and uh you know, I have heard coaches all my life say the ball is faster than you. You know, the ball can cover more ground more quickly than somebody dribbling. So give it up and expect and make the run needed to get it back. It's the same in basketball. It's the same in soccer. It's the same in a lot of sports. So it's um, it's pretty uh, – It's I'm just excited because I love uh, the mentality of the group. We've talked about it a lot over the last, you know, few months. I've never seen a locker room as tightly knit as this one under Pablo. And I think a lot of those – themes that we saw in November, December of last year are carrying through uh, to this season. So really exciting. Um, I know you were looking to go through the schedule here. 
Well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, so we got to tomorrow so far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tomorrow's six p.m. Uh, Portland and RSL and streaming that one on KSL, right? Um, a week from Sunday, the twenty seventh. That's when the you know that's when we finally see this team on the field. We probably won't know what that that uh, what that eleven looks like until probably four p.m. Right. Right. <laughs> but what is going on? What's what's happening? What's what's happening in this week between these two? There's a lot happening. We'll get this all out um, via press release, social media, et cetera, et cetera. But if you look at so the team will be in Harriman the week leading up to the Houston game. They'll travel Saturday for a Sunday night in Houston. Uh, there will be a watch party at the stadium, much like we had during the playoffs. I believe that will be in the Interform Club, which is the big club on the west side, second floor. So keep an eye out for those details. Monday, when the team gets back from Houston, uh, there are several community service uh, opportunities that the players and staff will be participating in, thanks to Kyle Schroeder and our community foundation. Uh, because of COVID protocols and some media protocols, um, many of these are kind of closed to the public. Um, but uh, we will we will get the word out for uh, how different uh, fans and media can participate. Um, while we're talking about community Ryan, I think it bears repeating that uh, Demir Krylock has um, decided to buy 100 season tickets um, this year and donate those tickets uh, to kids and families in need and and whatever those um, underserved communities are probably vary uh, from game to game, but the club is asking. Uh, corporate entities, individuals, and uh, and actually anybody else that wants to match uh, Demir's generosity and uh, be a part of this initiative, we're creating something called Crylock's Corner. So um, call the stadium, ask for Kyle Schroeder, and you can find out how to be involved if you just want to make a donation, if you want to buy a couple season tickets to add on to what Demir's done. Um, I'm just uh, kind of speechless about uh, what a big heart this guy has. And um, obviously there, there's many, many reasons that Pablo has named him the captain uh, this year. But um, the guy never ceases to amaze me. He's got an incredible heart. He's got incredible pride. Um, he treats everyone with such genuine love, respect, and admiration. And... Um, Obviously, that's on top of all the things he does on the field to help this club succeed. So really excited for the Crylox Corner. There are other events um, in what we used to call Real Week. I think it's it's going to be called uh, something along the lines of Road to the Riot. Um, so look, I, I think I want everybody to kind of keep an eye out because in the days uh, leading up to March 5th, and some of this we're going to save for March 5th, but uh, the ownership has been working very closely with John Kimball, Tyler Gibbons, uh, the rest of the staff to uh, refresh and upgrade, obviously, fan experience. We've talked a lot about how fan experience and community is so, so important uh, to David Blitzer, his group, and, and Ryan Smith and his group. Um, so we can't spill all the details in advance, but I think you're going to see a 
uh, much more modern and fresh supporters experience in the south end you're going to see a lot of the visuals around the stadium uh be claret and cobalt and and have team branding you're going to see uh elements that are tied to sponsor activations have um a new look a new attitude and that's just for the first game you know john kimball has talked publicly about hey we know we need to get the sound system up to speed so that when we're honoring Kyle Beckerman, that 20,000 people can actually hear uh, what he's saying. Um, some of that isn't all going to happen in the most permanent way we envision, you know, on day one. Um, Blitzer and Smith just signed on about five and a half weeks ago. So um, <clears throat> some things are going to take time. We are still in a pandemic. We still have uh, shipping and supply chain issues affecting some of the things that we want to do in the short term. But just know that throughout the 2022 season, uh, our home in Sandy will receive ongoing upgrades and facelifts and refreshes. And it is all with the express purpose of um, enhancing and heightening and modernizing uh, that fan experience piece. And, and, and some of it, 20,000 people will see. Some of it will be the couple thousand down in the south end. Uh, safe standing is something that we talk about often and want to figure out how to do. Probably not going to happen by March 5th. May not even happen 2022, but who knows? Like These are things we talk about every week and we're working through every day. And, um, and hopefully uh, people are going to be excited um, each and every time they come to the building this year. I think there's 18 games in that season ticket package, so 17 MLS regular season games and then a bonus game. That bonus game could be an international exhibition. It could be an Open Cup match. It could be something else. But um, everything's coming together, and it, these are just so um, such exciting times in and around uh, Real Salt Lake. And, and look, um, Harriman, the building in Harriman, the Monarchs, the stadium – uh, the training facility, the grass fields, this is all very much a point of pride as well for the club, uh, for Blitzer and Smith. And you're going to see upgrades, refreshes, um, and a modernization out there as well. So I would encourage everybody to come out to those Monarchs games, the MLS Next Pro matches, and, and see your future uh, RSL stars as well if you can um, spare the time because – um, we all know that, that the soccer season is long, and that's a lot of Saturday nights um, in Sandy and, and hopefully a lot of Friday nights in Harriman. So there's just so much momentum and so much excitement going on, and um, we will unveil details like the corporate partnership folks have been uh, re-upping a lot of uh, the blue chip sponsors that maybe went away a few years ago. Um, other sponsors are renewing. Others are getting involved in soccer for the first time. So... Um, some of these will, will be announced and on board by February 27th, others March 5th, others on an ongoing basis. So literally every department, every facet of our organization uh, innately, uh, innovatively excited uh, for this season. And I guess I'll kind of close this little diatribe out by reminding people to, if you don't have your tickets for uh, the home opener on March 5th yet, go get them because we are pacing for a standing room only game. 
there's only a few thousand tickets left. The response has been awesome. There have been a few flash sales that, that Matt Rader, who is now back uh, as our VP of ticketing after a couple year hiatus, um, he and his crew have, you know, there was a Valentine's Day, day sale. There was a two for 22 a couple weeks ago. Uh, you do get two tickets to the March 19th Nashville game with the purchase of the new uh, Believe kit that you'll see for the first time on March 5th. And, uh, you know, if you are looking to save money and get your RSL tickets for as cheap as possible, committing to those tickets and committing to a date early and not waiting to the last minute is the best way to do that. And obviously buying a season ticket is, is the best way to do that. And there's all kinds of details around payment plans and other parts of the building that I don't know off the top of my head. But certainly if you go to rsl.com or call somebody, um, they can fill you in and, and create a plan that works for you and your friends and your family and whoever you want to bring out to the game. So it's just super exciting to get to, to see all the momentum on and off the field, up and down the organization under this new era. And whether we call it RSL 4.0 or something else, Ryan, it's just, uh, it, it, it's, it's refreshing. And uh, again, everybody is energized, still a ton of adrenaline coming off really an unexpected uh, run to the Western conference final last year. And some of the few uh, MLS previews that I've seen come out already this year, are picking RSL to finish 13th in the West again like they did. And it's like, did you learn nothing yeah. from Pablo Mastroy? And that's okay. Like yeah. John Kimball said on the radio the other day, he's like, look, we have that chip on our shoulder. And if people want to uh, underestimate us, that's fine. That just is uh, another opportunity for us to uh, kind of shock the world like we did last year. Yeah, we wouldn't know what to do if people were <laughs> putting us at the top of our list. Yeah. saw the other day that TNT didn't even put the Jazz on the Western Conference standings. It, it, Listed the Blazers twice. Oh, oh yeah. my God! I think that's something we we we're getting used to. We get, we're used to around here. Um, I don't know how Ryan Smith feels about all that stuff, but you know we need to get some respect out here too. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of stuff there, Trey. That was a. Uh, um, I was had this vision of going through the couple of dates in the on the schedule, but I think that we'll leave it at that because we'll go we'll go over those dates like when yeah. Things I start mean, to come look, together. it's it's going to be a hard start to the season because yeah. I think RSL has six of its first nine, seven of its first ten on the road. If if my memory serves, it's it's a road-heavy schedule to open the season, unlike last year where I think we had 8 out of 10, 8 out of the first 9 maybe even at home. And you remember a year ago we were dropping a lot of those points at home, uh, turning wins into ties and ties into losses. And uh, that created a lot of the frustration around uh, Freddie and the team. The first, uh, you know, two thirds of yeah, last year. Sure. So, hopefully, uh, RSL has figured out how to win, uh, dominate, and get three points at home, and get at least one on the road. And and then, you know, the nice part is for every road heavy portion of a schedule you have, you know, there's going to be a home heavy portion at some point. So, um, it's just going to be fantastic to to have Rio Tinto Stadium uh, packed to the gills again and have everybody believing um, in the market, in the community, the way Pablo has that locker room believing. So I, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to hear from Pablo getting you know his thoughts on the season coming up and get some of these players in here. You know, we'll go, that's, yep. what, that's what we're going to bring you. So, yeah, thanks for coming in today, Trey. And uh, I really like, I mean, 
We just let you go for 45 minutes and you just had nothing to do. Sorry to bore everybody with my uh, rantings That's and ravings. but uh, Classic tray there. Yeah, we'll have some good stuff next week. We will have a, a sit-down with Pablo Mastroini coming up prior to the home opener um, and maybe some of the new players as well. Yeah, so, for sure. Can't exciting wait. Exciting times. All right, everybody. Thank you again, as always, for listening. Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt, Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale, One Wire Fiber, uh, OneWire.co is where you can go to find out about all the good things that Adam Sessions and his crew can do for your small business. Yeah.